I don't think everyone, if you, if you go travel, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a creative or an artist, but I think sort of encapsulating that experience in another way, in another form, whether it's dance or whether it's writing like what I do, or if it's visuals and videography and photography, that's definitely an art form. conversations with artists about the work behind their work. My name is Ruby Josephine Smith, and I am a choreographer, contemporary dancer, blog writer, and host of this podcast. My goal is to bring you an in-depth look at the creative process from the perspective of different kinds of artists from all over the globe, learning more about what it is that drives a person to create. so thrilled to be sharing this particular conversation today. I'm chatting with Lara Jean, writer, photographer, and all-around creative traveler. So I've been keeping up with Lara and her work for a couple years now, mostly through her travel blog Rome and Go Lightly, and I've always had this feeling that if we met in person, we would probably be instant best friends. We have so much in common, all the way down to our nostalgic love of musical theater, and our ability to probably still belt out all of the lyrics to any given song from Rent, embarrassingly enough. It was a bit of a guilty pleasure in my high school years. Um, While we weren't able to meet in person for this conversation, talking about art, creativity, and travel in the context of this podcast was really the next best thing. So, Laura, I think it's safe to say that we're officially friends. If you're not already familiar with Laura Jean, she is a traveler, travel writer, poet, photographer, podcaster, and the editor of Dame Traveler, which is a very popular online platform for female adventurers. She also runs her own personal blog, Roman Go Lightly, that's R-O-A-M, not the city Rome, um, which is a creative space to share her true loves. Travel writing, exploring the heart of travel, creative exploration, she shares city guides, travel advice, and general poetic musings on life. We get into this on the podcast, but her dream is to write the world a love letter and have it sent around the globe, encapsulating its beauty and mystery in prose and short stories. While there are a lot of topics that we could cover together, in this specific conversation, Lara and I dig into the original source of her wanderlust, how to define and practice mindful, meaningful travel, the heart and the art of travel, how art making and exploring the world are similar in that they push you outside of your comfort zone and what that can look like, and her process as a writer on the road and at home. Lara is so full of life and just general love for the world, I'm sure that she's going to inspire you to get up and get yourself out on a creative adventure. Here is my conversation with Lara Jean. Welcome to Process Piece. We'll jump in here. Yay. Um, So I ask everyone the same question to start, and that is, what is your first memory of creating something? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Wow. Um, I remember uh, going to daycare, and uh, 
it was, I had to be three, four very early memories, but I remember going into an art room um, and I remember watercolors and I remember just the, the art teacher herself, Miss Patty, she was very cool. Uh, and I remember, I mean, my, my, I was very lucky growing up. My family is very artistic. So I was very blessed with a very creative home growing up. Um, my father and mother were both um, actors. My mom ran a theater company. So I was constantly around dance companies and Shakespeare. And, you know, we never went to football games. Instead, we would go to the ballet. So that's just, you know, where I'm coming from here. Yep. That sounds really familiar. <laughs> I have the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, though, like comparing childhoods, like I always thought it was really normal to go to see the Nutcracker every year. And then I realized, mm-hmm. oh, not everyone does that. Like, that's not, you know, <laughs> anyway. Um, but my first my first memory of creation was definitely in preschool. Um, I, I, I'm not an, uh, a visual artist in any by any means, but I do remember the act of making things in preschool in, our, in that art class, watercolors. I remember like pinch pots and making my mom like a little jewelry bowl. But um, I've always been I've always been really lucky because my parents really valued the arts and valued creativity, and we were doing crafts all the time with my grandmother and was pretty good good creative life growing up I gotta say so yeah I guess that would be my answer yeah. uh but I don't think I stopped ever since <laughs> <So>. <laughs> doesn't seem like it <laughs> did you start writing from an early age uh yeah so in elementary school I always really enjoyed English classes I love to read um I don't know if this was a thing where you grew up but we had this thing called uh oh gosh I forget what it was called it was with Pizza Hut and you had to read a certain amount of books to get a free personal pan pizza. And as a kid, that was like, that. that was the dream, right? Like I already <laughs> wanted to read. And all I had to do is just like submit a paper saying the books I had read and I got a free pizza, which was the best. So perfect. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I was always reading. I love the Harry Potter books growing up. And I think writing really started for me, um, when I started to write persuasive essays for my parents when I wanted something. Wow. I love that. Smart kid. (laughs) That was my means to like sort of jab at my parents be like, here's all the reasons why I want a dog or whatever. Uh, I remember that. And I remember, (laughs) I remember that was the first like sort of glimpse and like, Oh, writing can actually be a tool. Like I can actually use this. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of where I, in elementary school, sort of writing these persuasive essays. And I always enjoyed English and I always enjoyed reading. But as far as like really my style of writing, I got to say, I was obsessed with Tumblr in college. I was really constantly on Tumblr. And I'm no longer like I am no longer on Tumblr at all. But I just remember reading more like poetic things there. Um, I don't know. And I just remember like feeling very free. So I started to just write more heartfelt, free verse sort of style poetry there. And I guess that's sort of where it all started. But I'm not on Tumblr anymore. So don't try to look me up. I'm not there. So yeah, don't. (laughs) I think I've maybe been on Tumblr once in my entire life. (laughs) I feel like I hear that a lot. And I remember like, I was so invested in Tumblr as a freshman in college. And I don't know. I don't know. It was it was sort of like Pinterest before Pinterest, like you could save images. That's true. 
And um, I just remember it felt so free because none of my friends were on there. It wasn't like Facebook and there was a lot of art and photography and film. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I love this. And I'm going to write whatever I want to write. So that was my happy place. But yeah, it's it's been a long process before I've actually called myself a writer for sure. And do you now? You consider yourself a, a writer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. That it definitely takes a lot of time to be able to tell people that. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. Well, I love that you used to persuade your parents to give you things and now you persuade people to travel. So ah, come full go. circle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Um, so where did the, the wanderlust spark come from? Do you have any moment when that started or was it also kind of a process? I guess I would say I was always interested in ancestry. Mm. My my family on my mother's side is Italian. And I remember being told how important it was to know like where you're from and to honor the heritage. And we, mm-hmm. you know, cooked and we did all sorts of traditional things there. Um, and I remember it was a mystery on my father's side. And I always thought that it was interesting to know, like, we weren't from here. Where are we from? So that definitely mm-hmm. started... Um, wanderlust I didn't study abroad in college I didn't have that opportunity that's like a huge regret of mine I was a transfer student yeah I remember a lot of my friends studied abroad and um they came back and they were just so filled with so many stories and I was always very jealous of that um and then I think it really came to a head after graduating and I had a decision to make if I wanted to go to graduate school to be this is funny uh, I wanted to go to graduate school to be an actor. Wow. Yeah. My, I'm telling you, Ruby. <laughs> I had no like, idea. <laughs> it is like a maze of confusion for a long time. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> and I got into a graduate program and I was like, okay, uh, I have like a year to sort of save up, you know, so I'm not in too much debt as I live in New York as a struggling actor. So I had a year and I was doing a bunch of things. I was teaching piano lessons. I was substitute teaching. I was a bartender. And during that whole time, um, I started dating my boyfriend um, of five years. And he always was really nostalgic about his trips in Italy. And essentially, I just realized, like, I don't really know if I want to be an actor. But now I have this whole, like, world in front of me. I don't know what's next. I might not have this opportunity again. I really want to travel. And then we sat down and we basically said, all right, where are we going? Um, So the money that I had been basically squirreling away for graduate school became the money that eventually I used for that first trip. Um, And that's sort of what started it all. That trip sort of sealed the deal. Um, I started my blog to keep just keep in touch with family back home at the time. I thought no one was going to read it. Um, and no one did for a long time. Let me just say that. Um, but it was, it was sort of my first, you know, the early blogging days are rough, but so true. it's a process. <laughs> yes, it definitely is a process. Um, but I, it's, I'm, I feel like I'm going on a long tangent. Um, no, not at all. My, it's all part of the story. It, truly. Yeah. Um, I guess my wanderlust started from the whole ancestry thing. Um, when I, actually got to experience travel, excuse me, um, travel for myself, meaning uh, my first, it was really slow travel. I was in Rome for almost two months and really got to feel what it was like to live in a different place, in a different culture. 
And ironically, um, it was right after the death of my grandfather, who was our, you know, our bringer of the Italian culture. So um, it was right after his death and being there and seeing all these like nuances of even just body language and the way that the men would walk, it just all reminded me of him. And I just felt so connected. And then I was like, how do I feel so connected to this place that I've literally never been in my entire life? So it was, it's been that first trip really meant a lot to me. And I feel like we've been trying to recreate that summer, like every single time that we travel now. So yeah, that's the long story of, uh, I guess my relationship with Wanderlust, but yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, and so you, you consider yourself a creative traveler. I've seen that term, you know, on your Instagram and on your blog. And what does that mean to you? Oh gosh. So I think, um, Wow. We live in a weird time right now where travel is sort of like everywhere. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's everywhere. And oftentimes the people sharing you those images can be really icky. Um, I think it makes me sad knowing that people travel just for the pictures and, you know, we in America at least really value work and we don't value um, giving people the actual time to go travel. Most people have maybe, I mean, if you're lucky, you have five days um, and that's not really enough time to really get to know a single place. So yet people are scrounging all over to make the most of their travels and to get those pictures and it makes me sad. So um, my, the whole idea of creative travel is basically two aspects. One, if you're home and you aren't traveling, how do you find that explorative nature while you're in a very familiar place. So that's the first sort of phase. And then the second phase is if you are traveling, how do you truly like get to know a place? How do you get um, more education and how do you learn from locals and how can you learn from the culture and the tradition and really invest in meaningful travel? Um, So I like to write a lot about the heart of travel, like why travel is so important, what it gives us, um, the lessons it brings, um, you know, all these beautiful things that I think we can reflect on post explorations, but, um, and I hope that sort of inspires a wanderlust or a desire to travel for readers. But I also think it's important to know impact of travel. I think it's important to know when you are a visitor, your impact on a culture and on a people and on locals. So creative travel is really about education as much as it is about um, getting excited, I guess. So um, I'm all about, you know, all the anticipation before a trip too, like getting the most out of that time, because it's almost just as fun to get excited for a trip as it is to go sometimes. Like That's so true. Yes, like learning, um, you know, weird sort of holidays and, you know, learning how to, you know, attempt to cook a traditional meal before you go. That way, when you go over there, you can actually sort of get get a real taste of what it's supposed to taste like. And I don't know, there's so many things to talk about there. But I just want people to get the most out of travel that they possibly can, whether they're hopping on a plane or if they're in their hometown and they need a little 
twist on their everyday life. So I hope that makes sense. But it does. It's so interesting because often when I see you talk about the preparation process of travel, it almost sounds like the way that I think about rehearsals for performance. You know, you have this one big event that you're preparing for and that process of rehearsing is just as important as the actual performance. Oh my God. And so it's the same kind of thing, you know, the process of like getting ready to travel, getting your mind over there, learning a lot about the culture. That's just as important as actually being there. Oh, totally. And as an actor, I know exactly what you mean by that. You know, the rehearsal process and the, you know, every step of the process is something to take away from. And I think when you have that final outcome of a final performance or that you're finally on foreign land, it's, that's part of it. And that's what you work towards. But um, there's so much more that can come from the rehearsal process or the getting prepared and excited process too. Yeah, that's a good that's a good connection there. I never really thought about it. Yeah, just made that one. Hey, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's cool because also, I mean, I feel like creativity to be a really creative person, you need to step outside of your comfort zone. Even if you're just working in your own home, you have to push yourself. And so travel is automatically stepping outside your comfort zone. And that's, I mean, that's something that's going to bring more creativity and more change already in itself. Definitely. definitely. How, so when you're outside of your comfort zone, you know, when you're, if you're traveling to a new place, how do you, how do you deal with that discomfort? Do you, I mean, do you have any discomfort in those situations? Oh, definitely. So a good example I could think of is China. Um, we spent a whole summer in China two years ago, and we'd been to Japan before. We'd been to Korea. We'd been to Taiwan. Um, but actually being in mainland China, there was a lot of culture shock I really hadn't experienced before. Um, mm-hmm. And I really didn't know what to do with myself because I considered myself to be a pretty seasoned traveler. And yet here I was coping with like so many things like just culturally things that obviously were not valued the same way that I felt everyone valued, like personal space and smells. And there are so many things to mention, but um, that discomfort, I think the one thing that pushed me through that summer was just knowing this is a temporary experience. um, And what can I get from this? Like what am what am I resisting? Why do I, why am I struggling with this? And what can I learn from this? Because, you know, when you're being shoved or someone's in your personal space, and I think as Americans, that is like a big no-no, like do not get in my bubble. And oftentimes I think our bubble's a little too big. When I was dealing with that sort of stuff, which doesn't seem like a big deal to most, but after a while it really wears on you. Um, I would, we would get back to the hotel room and I would just feel like so tired of just that experience of feeling pushed outside of my boundaries. And I think I wrote a lot, <laughs> ironically. Um, and I think it's important to be positive during those times too, to also just sit down and try to understand it as opposed to um, arguing against it. Because culture is something that is so, so deep within people that things that we consider to be morally wrong are considered absolutely normal in other cultures. And that's not your job to fix it. It's never going to be fixed, honey. So you best like 
get get down with it. Exactly. Yeah. So tell me and about as, it. I know. And as an expat, I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, yeah, I am. Oh, yeah. Living in Morocco has taught me a lot. About oh, it. yeah. Like, girl, I want to know everything about what your life like, life is like. By the way. Definitely. We can talk later. Yeah, definitely. But truthfully, like, those little things really amount to a lot. And sometimes they can feel like a tidal wave coming over you. But I think it's really important for us to sit down and acknowledge that culture is deep. We're temporary visitors. What is it that you can do to make yourself feel better? And also, what can you learn from it? Because, you know, maybe maybe there were a couple days in China where I felt like, oh, I don't even want to go outside. I don't want to deal with this. But when I look back at that time, it was the most giving and the most, it was just a, the most meaningful trip. I think I really learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about the world and just how big that freaking planet is that we're on. So everyone's experience is so unlike the rest. Um, even though, you know, China is an incredibly, incredibly like huge country. Um, there's no way I could possibly understand it, but I could try my best Mm -hmm. to grasp what I can, you know, grasp at straws. But so did you fall in love with China in the end? I know you fall in love with places. That's your your tagline. <laughs> I do. <laughs> that is my little, uh, it's my thing. Um, yes, definitely. China. So if I could relate it to the other love letters I've written to places, it's not a romantic type of love, me and China. It's, <laughs> it's maybe... Um, the relationship that was hot and cold for a long time and but man when it's all said and done like what a freaking roller coaster of a ride it was and it was so worth it so definitely fell in love with china the food alone let me just say ridiculously good um also uh one big element leaving china that i feel really thankful for was um we got to stay with a local for about about a week. Um, she uh, was a English teacher at my boyfriend's high school, so uh, mm-hmm. she got to show us around her quote unquote small town of Huffey, which is, um, by the way, the size of Pittsburgh. So oh by no means a small town. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> but by Chinese standards, it was super small. Oh. And you know, I would have never ever pointed on a map and say I'm going to Hefei China but she definitely showed us a new side to what it was like to live there and be a local and it felt like an episode of Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations or um, Parts Unknown because we were eating in like the strangest places but it was the most delicious food we were definitely an oddity to all the locals there but it was just, it was, yeah, it definitely, I definitely fell in love with China for sure. I'd love to talk a little more about your love letters. So I took this directly from, sure. your, um, from your blog. I just love how you put this. So you said, my dream is to write this world a love letter and to be sent around the world to encapsulate its beauty and mystery in prose and short stories. So I just love that. I think that's a great dream to have. Could you talk a little bit more about where this whole idea to write love letters to the world came from and what the what the process is when you're actually writing them? Sure. So I've been blogging for a long time. And um, when 2017, 2018 sort of came around, I was sitting down and I retired my podcast at the time, put it down for a little bit. 
Um, and I was just feeling like I needed to really, um, I really needed to invest in writing. Um, I just said my new word for 2018 is I want to write. So I sat down and I just listed off like all these things I wanted to write about, um, experiences I had had. And more, the more I would write, the more I would realize that I, I was writing essentially to a place. Like instead of just writing like, here's where you need to go in Rome. I wanted to write about and I wanted to thank in a way these places and everything that they showed me. So treating the place more as a subject, I think when I travel now, I'm constantly thinking like, what are the details that I want to bring to life? And what are the, what are the experiences? What are the smells? What are the sights? What are the colors? Mm -hmm. Um, And I really just wanted to condense them into sort of a poetic sort of thank you note or a love letter. And the more, the more I did that, the more I realized that this was the style of writing that I wanted to do whenever I go travel. I I do want to write resource guides and, you know, tips and tricks and all that stuff, but I really just want to get to the heart of it. And I wanted to talk about the power of travel. And my dream is exactly what you said. My dream is to be sent around the world to write musings and love letters to places. um, And hopefully, you know, inspire others to go visit them. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a love letter for sure. I address the place as dear Rome or dear China or wherever. Um, and I'm really excited because on my blog, I sort of, um, finally had the time to sit down and rework just the whole organization. And I realized that because I'm so invested in writing these sort of love letters, I've also decided to incorporate a travel log portion of my blog as well, where I'll just be writing daily, just little like thoughts and the whole creative process is sort of going to be shared there because, um, I was really inspired by actually a podcast visitor I had on my podcast. Her name is Nicole Ziza Bauer. Um, she's, uh, the former editor of Darling Magazine and just an overall, one of my favorite writers for sure. Um, and she has dual citizenship, dual citizenship in Italy. Um, and she had sort of like a she called them field notes on her blog where every day while she was there, I think she was there for over a month, she just wrote like either poems or thoughts or stories or interactions or a photo. And it was really sort of like looking into the diary of a writer as they're in a place. And I was like, I I want to do that. So yeah. So this summer, the goal is um, I will be doing the same as best as I can. Um, so that's the travelogue portion of my blog that I'm excited to start. Cool. Um, and I really miss the days when blogging was just simple. You know, it felt more, yeah, it felt more personal. Yeah. I don't know. You, I, you know, I, I'm over the whole picture perfect images oh, I know. on Instagram. And I just want to have fun and I want to enjoy the creative process more. So that's why I sort of, I'm really excited for that portion of the blog and to get started as soon as I can on doing that sort of stuff as well as the love letters. So yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to that. That is exciting. So do you write a lot while you're traveling? Yes, I, I definitely do. Um, I haven't really had, I'm really bad. I don't have like a, I don't have a routine. Um, That's all right. <laughs> yeah. I wish I did, but every day is so different mm-hmm. when you travel. Um, 
I always have a notebook in my purse or my bag, just a little one. Um, and I always like to scroll and scribble down thoughts. Um, and I think the way that we travel, um, Luke and I, my boyfriend, he's an artist. So he always wants to have at least two hours every day, whether it's mid afternoon when it's too hot or, um, after breakfast or, you know, we'll, we'll come back to the hotel early where he can work on whatever it is that he's working on, watercolors, sketches, whatever. Um, and during that time, I am I write. So I do try to carve out time. Um, and we we work together really well in that regard because he's writing, sorry, he's creating something and I'm writing. So that's really nice. We're not a go, 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 go type of traveler, yeah, but that's nice. I, I definitely do write a lot. So it's not every day. It's not like a published, you know, final draft every single day, but I definitely do do reflect every single day, which is really, I think a really good practice to have, but yeah, absolutely. But it's good to be open about it too. You don't want to be too rigid when you're traveling. You always want to be open to, you know, new experiences and whatever comes your way. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, that sounds good. I'm not, I'm not at the point as a writer where I can just sit down and I know exactly what's going to come out. It's going to be publish worthy or whatever. So <laughs> I don't think any writer ever has that from what yeah, I've read. Yeah. Good point. I don't think you're right. Probably. I don't think anyone is, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. And what about when you're at home? Do you have a, any kind of creative routine? Uh, yeah. So let me think. Uh, I wouldn't say, again, I'm not someone who has like a strict schedule. I I do have like a nice sort of time post dinner every night where I'm either working for Dame Traveler and I'm working on blog posts and editing that stuff, or um, I'm working on blog content. I love a Sunday. Sundays are like my happy day to just invest in whatever sort of creative thing I want to do. Um, and that's when I sort of sit down and if I want anything that I want to do throughout the week, I sit down and make a plan for that. But Sundays are my happy day. During the week, um, it's a struggle. I just sort of do whatever I can, but Nice. So what kind of things do you do? Um, You talk a lot about local travel or local adventure, I suppose you'd say. So what do you do to keep that local adventurous spirit going for yourself? And what do you encourage other people to do? Um, Sure. So basically, um, like I said, I'm, I feel like we live in an icky time where people think like travel has to be going to like Southeast Asia and getting a bikini shot. And that couldn't be further from the further from the truth. so I think it really starts with wherever you're located. Um, I live in a city called Lancaster, um, and it's very multicultural. There's a lot of um, entrepreneurship here, um, and it really inspired me because I was like, you know, there's so many things I don't even know about where I'm living right now. So I guess starting where you are, um, I always I have a ton of resources on this on the blog. They're welcome to check out. Um, but I definitely would say start wherever you are. Um, take the scenic route home. That's a big thing. Um, make a list of all the places that like you've been meaning to visit or you've been meaning to check out um, and just start doing them. Um, my friend Sarah and I, who um, is a food blogger, we have a yearly uh, feast called the Feast of St. Pizza, where yes. we choose a city that's nearby and we yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> I'm yeah. always following that when you guys do it. Yeah, I, I wish it would work out that you could be here for one I of know. those. Um, Someday. 
Yeah. Uh, so we, we plan a, a yearly feast in a nearby city and we, Sarah does a lot of the research and we basically go to 10 pizza places. Um, and it's amazing because you learn so much about a place through its food. Um, Mm -hmm. so even though it's just eating pizza here in Northeast America, there's like so many mom and pop pizza places everywhere. Um, we even did one in Lancaster where I live and we went to places I'd never even heard of before. And now I feel like I know so much more about where I live and, um, get to know business owners and walking through different parts of the city. I, I haven't really walked through. Um, and I think, so definitely investing in where you are right now. And then sort of look a little bit broader, like what are the outside towns that are nearby? Um, You know, look at like most underrated places in your state and see if you could do a long weekend. Um, And I think too, just adopting like a traveler's mindset is a big deal. Um, So finding things like just not just just be naturally curious about things. If you don't understand something, go investigate, go find out more. so go see for yourself whatever it is you want to you want to learn more about. Take a cooking class. If you want to learn an art form, take an, you know, take a dance class, take a a pottery class, whatever it is. Um or just go to Barnes and Noble. And if you're like I really want to learn about Stockholm, go find a book and go go teach yourself. Um so yeah, I really think adventure is not something that requires a plane or a passport. Um, it's all a mindset. So, um, sort of reframing how we see things and where we are and just naturally sort of investing in your own curiosity is a big deal. Yeah. That genuine sense of curiosity is so important, I think, in anything that you do, but especially in travel. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's, I promise it's so worth it. Like, I know weekends are precious for working people, but just carving out a little bit of time in your routine to invest in that. It's like, it makes everything feel so much nicer, especially if you have a wanderlust or you are unable to go overseas or whatever, really just making the most of what's around is, is great. Yeah, absolutely. Have you read, um, Alanda Botton's book, Alanda Botton, I guess you say his name, the art of travel. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that book. (gasps) Me too. I knew you would. I had the feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I got that book maybe a year ago and he is so inspiring to me. That was, that's like a book totally up my alley. And I, if you have any other suggestions for similar books, let me know because that is an excellent book. Yeah. I'll think about it. I mean, all of his books are really good, but that's definitely a favorite of mine. There's, there's a quote in particular that made me think of you and kind of what you do. Um, so it's a dominant impulse on encountering beauty is to wish to hold on to it, to possess and give it weight in one's life. There's an urge to say, I was here, I saw this, and it mattered to me. Ugh. Isn't that beautiful? So good. I just love that so much. So good. It just really it's interesting because you know, art can be often a reaction to beauty, um, or it can be creating beauty. And so and, and that's what you do when you're traveling. I mean, you're reacting to the world around you. You're trying to be a part of it. And I'm curious, with all of that in mind, would you do you consider yourself an artist? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. If you would have asked me that maybe like four or five years ago, I would have been like, oh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I would consider myself an artist. Um, I definitely enjoy creativity. I enjoy the whole process of, 
understanding beauty and identifying beauty. And I think part of, I don't think, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to really nail down this idea. But I don't think everyone, if you, if you go travel, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a creative or an artist. But I think um, sort of encapsulating that experience in another way, in another form, whether it's dance, or whether it's writing like what I do, or if it's visuals and videography and photography, that's definitely an art form. And I think the more confidence I've grown over the past couple of years writing um, in a way that I find fulfilling. Uh, yeah, I, I think art is something I, I'm constantly seeking out. I'm constantly trying to encapsulate and to bring life and to bring beauty into what I do. Um, definitely. That's like, I've, I've never had someone ask me that question. Really? Even my artist boyfriend has never asked me, would you consider yourself to be an artist or a creative? Really? That's so funny. No, it's something I always think about because I think some people have some discomfort with calling themselves artists. You know, you have to be, um, right. you have to have studied art or you have to have this kind of aura about, I don't even know what people think, but you know, it can, it can be a little right. bit hard to say it, I think sometimes, but I definitely consider you an artist. Oh, thank you. Well, I think a lot of us think <laughs> like artists are visual artists, like you're a painter or you're a dancer or you're an actor or right. whatever. Like those are very, you know, clear cut examples of artistry. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, I, I, I've never really thought about it, but I, I definitely would consider myself to be one. And I think more people should consider themselves to be artists. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of like resistance and fear to, towards adopting that title. But um, it's a, I mean, it's just a beautiful life to live if you're investing in that. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Great question. Yeah. Like you said, it's a mindset. I mean, I think it's, it's similar to the traveler's mindset. If you have curiosity, if you are open to new experiences. I mean, all of that goes into being artists just as much as it is being a traveler. Definitely, definitely. Can you talk about where you're going next or is it still a secret? Sure. Uh, so literally sat down last weekend and nailed out the, the details. But um, so next I'm going to Morocco. Um, you are? Yeah. So we'll have to maybe figure out if there's enough time for us to meet up. That would be yes. cool. Yes. Um, so oh, yeah, um, never been to Africa, never been to Morocco. Um, and so we're coming to Morocco. Um, we're jetting so excited. Off. I know. I'm really excited. We're going <laughs> to um, be spending most of our time in Marrakesh. That's where we fly in. Um, and then we're going to do the whole very touristy staying underneath the Sahara desert and seeing the Milky way and you know, all that stuff. Oh, but it's amazing. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're going to love it. It's definitely touristy, but are you kidding me? Like this, you know, how else are you ever going to experience that? So, um, but it's, I mean, it's also that, beautiful and poetic. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. So I, you know, no shame. Um, so coming to Morocco. Um, and the reason why we're coming to Morocco is because I'm actually hosting a, um, a trip for Dame Traveler, um, and I will be in Portugal. Uh, so in between that time of Morocco and Portugal, um, we found a really cheap flight to Milan, and we're going to be going from Milan to the Dolomites in Italy. So finally returning to Italy, very excited. Um, Italy is like 
basically like my heart and soul. So um, very excited to see like Northern Italy um, and to hike the Italian Alps and to be in a more Alpine region. Um, also practice Italian and eat delicious food. Yeah. Um, Do you speak Italian? Very small, like, oh, like <laughs> embarrassingly small amount of Italian. Um, my boyfriend is I wouldn't call him fluent, but he's very charming to locals, which is always a huge bonus. Um, so my goal is to become more fluent this year. So I've been practicing. Um, that's like knowing we're going there now, I can definitely carve out the time to invest more in that. And I feel like I'm doing my my heritage disservice. I should be learning Italian. Anyway. Um, it, you know, it's hard when you're not surrounded by it, but you'll get there. Exactly. And, you know, there's so many things to do in a day. So I'm trying my best to do that. Um, so yeah, Morocco, just a quick little flight over to Milan, going to the Dolomites. Um, and then we'll be going for about three weeks in Portugal. Um, so the trip is going to be mostly in Lisbon. Um, we will be going to the Douro Valley to have wine tasting. And then we'll be going to Porto. And I've never been to Portugal. I'm super excited. It's my first trip Lovely. that I'm leading. So I'm nervous slash excited. Um, and yeah, so hopefully when, when this launches, there might be a couple spots left. Um, but it's it's primarily for women. Um, and we're, we're, it is for women. Let me just say that it's for women. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be leaving behind the good old steady boyfriend. Um, and we'll be having fun. Um, with just the ladies. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited because I've never done a trip quite like this with other women who are like-minded and value travel. So I'm really looking forward to that. And um, I'll be talking about my creative process, but also um, tips and tricks for photography, um, using your smartphone um, or your DSLR for travel photography, which is something that I love as well. Um, so that'll, so that'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, because you are. I mean, I consider you a travel photographer as well. We didn't really get into that. I but... know. We talked a lot about writing. Yeah, yeah. I, I've definitely gotten better as a photographer over the years, but um, that's part of the whole process for sure. Um, so, yeah, basically next trip is I'm coming to Morocco, um, wow. Italy, and Portugal. So that's right. – I'm, like, super excited. That's amazing. So how are you preparing for this trip? Have you started cooking any meals, reading any books? I know that's often part of your process of preparation. Basically, we, we, we sort of like nailed down the details last week. So my goals before we are actually departing for those places, um, definitely want to learn more about Moroccan spices, Moroccan traditional cooking. Maybe you can help me out. I got to check out Ruby's blog. So definitely, definitely want to learn more about the culinary traditions of Morocco. I've been reading a lot about... Um, the history of the political and cultural things of Morocco, but I definitely want to learn more. Um, I've obviously been to Italy before, but um, I I didn't know there was such um, a German influence in the part that we're going to. So I definitely want to learn more about that. Um, and as far as Portugal goes, um, I don't know anything really about Portugal. I've been to Spain, so I know a little bit about, you know, I mean, I have so many episodes of No Reservations I want to watch. It's crazy. Um, I And um, Parts Unknown. I'm a huge Anthony Bourdain fan. So yeah. oh, rest in peace, Anthony. But um, yeah, definitely have a lot of episodes yeah. I want to watch. Um, 
there's so many things I need to do before we go. Um, maybe, maybe we'll attempt to cook a Moroccan dish. Um, yeah, I love yeah. a good spicy. It's not too yeah. hard. <laughs> excited. Um, so I definitely, obviously food is a huge thing that I'm interested in, but I also really like to learn about the history. Um, and if there are any like traditional cultural things that you should know about, like, um, you know, are there any holidays we'll be there over? Um, is there a certain site that's of historical rel- like relevance I should know about? Um, there's so much. And just getting excited, just looking on Instagram and looking on, you know, blog posts for ideas and yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. You're in such an exciting phase of that. Yeah. I'm really excited <laughs> for you. Yeah. This is like a newly formed trip. So now I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, sit down and actually invest in this. But right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you have time. Um, I'm, I'm, this is another question that I ask everyone because I'm always curious. Um, do you have any interests that are completely unrelated to the work that you do that might surprise people to find out about you? I guess, uh, wow, I love true crime. <laughs> I um, am a huge murderino. Um, if you listen to my favorite murder, the podcast, I've always been very interested in detective stories and um sort of like understanding the whole serial killer minds the sociopath like that sort of like psychology has always been very intriguing to me um so I love true crime I also uh I I just like I'm such a nerdy musical theater kid like I miss performing so much in musicals (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm exactly the same (laughs) yeah uh you know I almost went to become an actor and then I was like I don't know if that's my life yeah but um yeah ever since then I I I'm a I'm a huge uh (laughs) shower singer um I miss being involved in musicals and I I also used to love to dance and I don't dance as much anymore so um Definitely. I don't know. What if, what are some other things your guests have told you that they're interested in? I'm curious. Well, what's so interesting is Anne Butera that I talked to yesterday just told me as well that she's really interested in like crime and mystery novels and really dark. What is up and, with that? and it's funny because both you and her, are these really light, bright, bubbly kind of people and you all have this dark side of your interests. So I'm not I sure. Know. The I'm dark not sure side. Maybe we all need just a little bit of balance of light and dark. I'm not sure, but it's funny. I have no explanation. I just know that <laughs> I know way too much about the, you know, the, the Golden State Killer. I know way too much about Ted Bundy. Yeah, that is so funny though, because yeah, I, yeah. I, I definitely do not consider myself to be like a dark, mysterious, like, so you know, oh, you definitely know, not character, but. No, we all have those random interests, but I mean, they could be related somehow. I don't know. Maybe it's something about the investigation or who knows. We don't have to get too into it. My boyfriend finds it very weird. He's like, how is it that you're like all about, you know, the beauty of the world and yet you're so interested in this like dark underbelly. And I'm just like, I think I'm just trying to understand it. I just want to understand like the mind and like why people are like this. And, you know, I just want to, I want to understand it. I know I never will, but. And I love a good mystery. So, well, I guess to see the beauty in things, you have to kind of work through some of the dark. Acknowledge the dark side. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah. 
yeah. Yeah, and oh my, I'm so the same with musical theaters. I did a ton of musical theater in uh, in high school as well. Um, and I miss it too. I always wonder if someday I'll get back to it. I'm, I'm curious, do you think you would ever get back to performing or acting in any way? Or is that kind of a phase that's done with your life? I don't know. I'll never say never. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, as far as right now, like my daily life, I'm not sure I'll have the time for that, but I will never close that door. So who knows? It may be in a different fashion or a different um, way than I was expecting. Like maybe I'll do more on camera stuff. Maybe I'll, I don't know, but I would love to be in a musical again um, for sure. So I'm definitely never going to say like, I'm never going to say never. So yeah, it's good to keep all those doors open. I think that's kind of all that I had as far as talking points go. I wonder, is there anything else you wanted to mention that you're working on or bring up? Sure. Um, uh, I, I am working, I'm Dame Traveler's editor. So if you follow Dame Traveler on Instagram, um, I'm most often the words you're going to see underneath. Um, again, I, I mentioned the Portugal trip. Um, so hopefully we can shoot you a link to that if you're interested in joining me on a trip. My, my, my blog, like I mentioned, um, where I, that's sort of like my happy place when I'm not writing for Dame Traveler, um, is romangolightly.com. Um, and I haven't started the travelogue series yet, but once this whole next adventure begins, I'm very excited to share, um, more just, you know, off the cuff sort of writings that I'm thinking on any given day. So, um, other than that, oh, oh, of course I should mention my friend, Sarah, who I mentioned, um, earlier in the podcast, we are releasing a podcast, um, very conversational, low key. We sort of want it to feel like you're hanging out with your two girlfriends as they talk about things that they love the most, which for us is food and travel. So if you like those two things, you can definitely check us out. Our past, our podcast name is Passports and Pizza. I keep messing that up. It's a problem. Uh, Passports and Pizza. Um, And, you know, we're going to be talking about food and travel, but we want to talk about anything. um, And we'll have to have you on, Ruby, because we want to have you Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. And you're like the greatest guest for us, too, because you're not only a cook and an artist, but you're such a world traveler. So we'll definitely have to have you on. Um, Oh, thank you. That would be lovely. I think that's pretty much it. Um, Our podcast should be released around the same time that this is released. So check us out on iTunes. Um, Yeah, all this stuff is finally coming to a forefront. So that's exciting. I have the feel I have this feeling that 2019 is going to be a big creative year I don't know I feel like I know a lot of people that are in the process of making new things and I don't know I hope so I hope so too thank you so much Laura thank you this is really fun thank you so much for listening to this episode of process piece just to reiterate you can find Laura on her blog romeandgolightly.com follow her instagram also at romeandgolightly which is all one word Find her writing on Dame Traveler and listen to her awesome podcast with Sarah Cornelius by searching Passports and Pizza wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, you can hang out with me through my website, rubyjosephine.com, or on Instagram at rubyjosephinesmith, or the Process Piece Instagram, which is simply Process Piece, all one word. 
Come chat and join the conversations on process. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would so appreciate if you showed your support by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. It just helps other people find the creative inspiration that we share here in this space. A huge thank you to Cooper Lee Smith, my awesome brother, for making the original music for this podcast. Thank you so much and have an amazing adventure-filled day.